Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today's guest is Monica Inostroza Curtis, who also goes by Mick. Mick is a writer and thought leader who is wildly captivated by the human condition and always has her pen ready to flow. She shares her own growth journey as well as amplifies the voices of other women through her blog called Together Joy, which if you really look at the words, means to get her joy. Mick believes in the power of storytelling and encourages women to unleash their inner voice and author up. Last year, Mick had a milestone birthday and she practiced what she calls a year of yes. And it blessed her with lots of fresh thinking and meaningful lessons. And we get to hear about that today. So let's get into this. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. I want to start and dive right in because you had a milestone birthday last year and you coined it your year of yes. And I want to know what that meant and how it changed the way you showed up. Well, Wendy, I'm a woman and I turned 50. And as women, we generally put everything aside for everyone else. I mean, we're playing small in a world that's very big and making sure everyone else has those stages and those moments. And I thought to myself, no, this is my year. This is the year I say yes to me. I bet on myself. I invest in myself. I open myself up to new opportunities, new people, new places. I'm not kidding you, girl. The minute I set that mindset of yes, it's like the universe happened. The door opens like all this invite. You want to go this? You want to do this? You want to go in here? I'm like, Yes, 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 yes. I did so much. I was in Europe. I went to South America. I traveled all over the States. I met up with friends I hadn't seen in years. I said yes to my body, meaning I did crazier things for myself, working different sorts of workouts. I said yes to new friendships. I said yes to mostly betting on myself, mostly making time for myself. I said yes to being selfish. Take that in for a moment. Selfish. That's right, ladies. I said, yes, why not me? On my very long to-do list that I have, I'm going to go ahead and add myself to that list. And instead of putting myself last, I'm going to go ahead and move myself first. Now, I understand that my life is very, very one of privilege, and I can afford to do that. So it's not lost on me. But I say to all women, we all have opportunities to say yes on a daily basis. And how many of us are saying yes? And how many of us are saying no? Because sure, life gets busy or mostly because we're just scared. We're fearful of trying new things. So yes, it was my year. Yes, it was amazing. I turned 50. I felt great. I spent probably too much money and ate too much food and enjoyed too much, but it was worth it. And I don't regret it. What's powerfully coming up for me right away is that when you just changed your entire intention Mm -hmm. and you just opened yourself up 
it sounds like more became more and things kind of just floated into your universe. And I've gone through those phases. I feel like it's so distinct from how some of us live our lives just seemingly on autopilot. I feel like that in itself is just inspiring. Even if people can't say a year of yes, maybe look at a day of yes or a week of yes and starting to understand how that openness to trying new things, to getting out of our own way can really shift things. A hundred percent. And I would encourage listeners to say yes to one thing a day that's about you. Actually think about it. Yes, this is selfish. Yes, I am going to take an extra 20 minutes to go to the gym. I'm actually going to take 20 minutes and wake up and journal and think about myself. I love myself so much. My body, my being here, I'm actually going to say yes to better eating or I'm going to say yes to less time on the couch. There's a lot of things you could say yes to. The flip side of that, of course, is that you're saying no to a lot of not so great things, things that are no longer serving you. So by saying yes to new opportunities, new people, new friends, new everything, you have to say no to a lot of the known, the really the comfort that sometimes are the things that are keeping us very much stuck in our patterns. Those moments where like, I wish I was this. I wish I was that. I wish I could do that. I wish, wish that type of thing. I'm like, the only thing that's stopping you is because the comfort of where you are, we can be and do anything we want. The capacity is yours. What do you want? You got to go for it. And you got to start saying yes to yourself, starting a business, writing a book, open to new relationships, parenting. You have to give yourself that opportunity to put yourself out there and say, yes, I believe in myself. I'm going for it. I didn't say you have to be perfect at it. I never once said in any of my yeses, did I show up in the most incredible ways. If I'm learning how to dance salsa, I didn't know how to dance salsa or starting a new business. I didn't know how to build a community. I'm going to do it anyway. And those are the moments that I'm like, you go for it anyway. Yeah, this actually dovetails perfectly into something I wanted to make sure we chatted about. Because you've written recently about some pretty profound life lessons that you found meaningful that came up for you during your year of yes. I want to read a quote that you wrote and let you share a little bit on it. So you said, I'm guilty of making excuses for others and dismissing red flags. But this year, something shifted within me. Wisdom has taken root. My intuition has sharpened and a fierce devotion to protecting my joy heightened my ability to call BS. So I want to reflect back what you were saying about your year of yes. You said sometimes saying yes is saying no to people and places that keep us stuck. So your lesson that you shared with relation to this quote was believe them the first time. Can you expand on what you mean by this? Sure. Maya Angelou is one of my all-time favorite writers. She was a beautiful poet, and she just has always spoken to my heart, her words. And I remember reading that quote many moons ago and thinking, she's on to something. It reads, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. If you think about that for a moment, you realize, oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. Fast forward to last year, I was looking around myself at all these people that I have kept around in my circles either through guilt or obligation or just because it's easy. And I realize they're not showing up for me in any way, in any capacity, number one. And they actually have shown me who they are from day one. And if I consider that for a moment, their actions have always spoken louder than words. 
So why haven't I believed them? So now I do a much better at believing people at the beginning. And that shows up, by the way, that mentality of believing people, it shows up personally. It shows up as you're building a business, as I'm hiring contractors or support staff. You know right away, excuses come in or the passive aggressive. You pick up on those things. You're like, yeah, I should have believed you the first time. I could have saved myself a lot of time. But as human beings, in particular women, we sort of lead with compassion and empathy. And we're always wanting to give people multiple shots. You have to get better at protecting your joy. And the way you protect your joy as a woman is by keeping all that toxic people and places out of your life. You were talking about protecting my joy fiercely, my blog to get her joy. When it's about that, it's by my journey of how I went from just being Monica, going through the motions and not fully living to like, oh, wait a minute. I don't like this version of myself. I am not this person. What about me? And having some really deep questions. So my journey to joy and now getting to my joyous state is fiercely protecting that joy. And that includes people that just no longer serve us. And those people, by the way, they just tell you who they are from the get-go. We don't even have to make it up. It's not something we have to wait around for. They just show up and you just know. They say something that is off color or it goes against your values or perhaps they just say that they're going to do something and they don't do it. Or this is my favorite. You sort of get one-on-one and you seem like, this is a great person. I, I really enjoy this person. And then you get in a room filled with people and you're talking and it's a nice dinner or wherever you are, coffee shop. And the conversation quickly turns to whoever's not in the room. Negative, negative, so-and-so, this, that, talking about other people. And I'm like, I do not want to surround myself with people who are talking about people. I want to get together with women and talk about ideas and dreams and how we can grow and be better and joy and fun and sort of uplifting. How many conversations do we get in? And it's just like those naysayers and it's that constant negative. I'm like, oh my God, they're showing me who they are. The minute I walk away from this room, it's me the topic of conversation. So it's all there. We just have to open our eyes and accept it and be okay walking away from it. Yeah. What's coming up for me as you're saying this is I think a lot of women hit a certain age and kind of have a closed off attitude of, well, I've made my friends. Or if you're like me, I like to have deeper relationships. And, you know, it takes time. Based on kind of this transformation you've experienced in your life, what would be your argument for women to not assumed that closed off, I've got my friends, I don't have time for this attitude. When it comes to meeting like-minded women, that might actually help them have more joy in their lives. I think of it as a garden. You know, when we plant flowers, weeds grow in it because we're still watering that garden and weeds still pop up. And it's our job to pull those weeds off because they're taken away from our flowers growing. It's no different. So as human beings, the goal is to keep growing and learning and getting better. That's the point. The evolution of it all is easy. We see it in our children. Of course, we want them to progress and evolve. When did we think it's okay for us to stop doing that? And so for me, the idea of every year pulling into that sort of train station, that analogy where you got to pull your train over or your bus over, and some people just have to get off your train. It's just time for them to go. And I don't mean it in like, oh, I'm too good for them. I've outgrown them. No, it's like send them off with love and joy 
but they need to leave so you can open up seats for other people to step in. Because the minute they can step out those doors, those train doors, the universe will just whoop, the right people will show up and you're making room. I can't tell you how many new friends I have this year. Of course, I still have some of my old friends. It's not about getting rid of people and sort of like dismissing relationships. I'm talking about those specific ones that we all know are no longer there. And by the way, there's seasons for everything and we grow at different paces. And it doesn't mean that at some point, perhaps you come back. This isn't particularly hard, I think, for girlfriends. Because you see, and you probably have experienced this yourself, Whitney, you've made some choices. And some of those choices maybe go against some of your friends. And you've decided to bet on yourself. And now you're doing things. And some of your friends are still doing the same thing they were doing five years. So instead of applauding for you and uplifting, saying, you go, girl, I'm so proud of you, it becomes almost a little bit jealousy because for whatever reason, they're being held back. And so instead of applauding for you, they sort of sit back and judge you. And you can start feeling that disconnect. So in those scenarios, I'm like, stop trying to make something that is no longer there. So let him go with love and joy and open up space for new people. Beautiful. I want to make sure we get to another big lesson. That is Noah's a gift. I feel like we've all been rejected. And I like to think of it as redirection. And I talk about how even with my daughters, like, for example, my daughter recently didn't make it onto the school play. Of course, it was very sad, but I just told her it just means there's something bigger and better for you out there. That's how I like to look at these things. And I feel like I just like to hear about a time where you've experienced rejection and kind of embraced that lesson. Okay, how much time do we have? Because those are not a no's in my life, girl. I am getting rejected constantly, especially as launching our business, The Kindling Project, where my partner and I are really working towards creating spaces for women to show up for themselves. We get told no all the time. We hold events. Not everyone buys tickets. We try to pitch our concept to grants. We get told no all the time. I can't tell you how many people we've pitched programs for well-being for women. Companies are telling me no all the time. I mean, that's just a professionally. In my own personal life, thank God that guy I met in high school didn't want to date me. Whew! You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> so many, like that song, what was it from Garth Brooks? Thank God for unanswered prayers. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you, God. Because if it weren't for those no's, how would I have shown up to the my yeses? And if it wasn't for that no and the rejections, I wouldn't be here today. And like my mama always says, if it weren't for our yesterdays, we wouldn't be here today. So as hard as our yesterdays were, and trust me, I have some scars, like deep, deep scars from my yesterdays. I wouldn't be who I am today. So I'm so grateful for this moment. I'm grateful for the no's. And to your point, I've been telling my kids this through their whole lives. They don't quite always feel it because that rejection hurts. I literally, if I turn my camera around, you would see a wall of no's. And I literally have written there. No equals redirection. Thank you, universe. You just saved me a lot of time, universe. That wasn't the right person for me. That wasn't the right business connection for me. She didn't belong in our group. She doesn't want to be here. Thank you for moving aside and not joining. I mean, there's so many ways to look at this. It's like, yes, thank you. I really like that perspective because I was actually just having a conversation with one of my clients yesterday about how I think women waste a lot of their creative and energetic juices wallowing in that rejection feeling. 
And I'm like, yeah, have your pity party, but don't let it stop you from taking your next action. And one of the things that has really helped me in this area is kind of the concept of just assuming a no is a best case scenario and moving on or it's meant to be, for example, like if a flight gets canceled, right. I could sit there and throw a fit and do all the things, or I could read my book for two hours and have a glass of wine, which under any other circumstances would sound like a lovely couple of hours. <laughs> so 100%. just assuming that that's the best case scenario for me and making that decision, even though sometimes obviously that's a trivial example, but sure. it's a permission to not dwell. It's just like, okay, onward. Yes. And it is hard because some no's really do hurt. And when no's are like a loved one passes or you really fell in love with someone and they broke your heart. I can't tell you how many women in my life, their husbands have decided for whatever reason they wanted to move on. Those aren't like, okay, snap out of it to your point. But ultimately, if we're really, really honest with ourselves and we look back at all the no's, don't tell me that you cannot connect the dots to something incredible that opened up for you. That the only way you were going to get there is by either through the rejection, through the no, through the heartache, because it just made you better and stronger. And the resilience of that, I'll take my resilience today, I'll take my scars, and I will wear them proud as stripes, because it is who I am today, and it provides me an opportunity to serve so many people and make a real difference. I feel really strongly about that. And to your point, we got to learn to flip that mentality from like a victim to thank you. Do you know how much time they saved you? The universe or whoever you believe in or however, whatever realm you're into, a thousand percent gigantic hours of headaches. And again, like, hey, when they show you who they are, believe them. They're not interested in you. Bye-bye, move on, find someone that is. I'm so glad you brought up resilience and victim mentality because I feel like you talk openly and write openly about your past and your own victim mentality. Can you share a little bit about your experience moving to the United States, being in a big family? I'd just like to hear a little bit about your past. And then also when you realized you'd let this victim mentality kind of permeate your life. Sure. And this probably requires a longer conversation. But the short version is, if you really consider who we are as little girls, and I'm talking pre-puberty, can you stop to remember the person you were before the world told you who you had to be? That little girl before puberty, when there was just happy, joy, giggles, maybe in the corner with your girlfriends, being silly, playing, dress up, tapping into that little girl, something happens along the way for many of us. Either we're told how to be, what to do. Others' life gets such as quickly. There's trauma. There's drug, alcohol, abuse. There's lots of things that can happen, right? Then you grow up as this. That little girl is so far away, you forget who she is. So as we grow through this, and then life happens because we're women. And guess what happens now, Whitney? We become into this or that. This happened to me. Okay, Monica, do you want a career or do you want to be a stay-at-home mom? Do you want to be a mom or do you want your nanny to take care of your kids? Do you want this or that, this or that? So, of course, as a society, with these pressures, of course I'm going to choose my children. Well, of course I'm going to support my husband. Of course I want to do all these things because I want to. I have children. I want to do all these things. 
Then you get to a point in life, you look in the mirror and you don't even recognize who you are as a person. You just forgot who you were, let alone that little girl at seven or eight who found total joy. Connecting those dots for me personally was having this aha moment where, first of all, Monica last. Monica, stay quiet. Monica, your dad's abandoning you. Your mom's depressed. You know, maybe if you quiet down, settle down, keep the house at peace. Oh, Monica, you know, how about you have to grow up now and you have to actually be the adult in the room with your siblings. Okay, now, Monica, I need you to go get married and do that and then have a career because surely you're going to grow up to be independent because how else am I going to survive? I've been in survival mode my whole life now since I was age nine, 10 years old. Oh, then they get married. You mean we can't both be it? Oh, and then we have kids. Oh, you can't go kill it in the boardroom and also be at Logan's baseball game. So you got to choose one. So I start choosing for my family. And it's very innocent. Of course, I want to be there with my family. So these innocent choices that we make along the way, at one point you wake up and you realize you're nothing of what you are. Your titles, your mom, your sister, your wife, you're this, that, or the other. But then people would ask, but who are you? I don't know. I seriously had no idea who I was. And then I, of course, became resentful. Why me? Why did I have to give up this stuff? Why does my husband get to do this? And then you think, well, geez, Monica, cry me a freaking reaver. Your life is like a privilege. What do you have to whine about? So then you get guilty about what do you have to possibly complain about? I mean, I come from Honduras. That's a third world country. They have real problems. I'm living this posh life where I get to be a corporate wife. What could I possibly be upset about? What are you missing? So then I go through those guilt motions. I could tell you hours and hours of stuff. And then what happens? You get sick of yourself. I get sick of me. I'm like, who is this person? I don't like the one who is dimming her light. I don't like the one who feels like life's happening to me. I don't like that guilt. I don't like that feeling like I can't raise my hand and say I'm not completely fulfilled when I should because all the puzzle pieces look perfect. But for me, in my heart, they don't all connect. Having those moments for me, it was finally realizing, okay, I've pointed fingers. I've been angry. I've been resentful. I've done it for other people. The only really person who's getting in the way of my happiness is me. Taking full accountability for myself and being sick of the version of me that was happening. And that is the day that I started on my joy discovery. On my like, okay, what do I want? What do I need? And then start doing those things. It seems so simple, but I know the process is so hard. And I know what it takes for women is so difficult. But ladies, let me tell you a very important secret. Self-help books, listening to podcasts, except Whitney's, of course, all these things. Uh-uh, it's not going to do it for you. It's an inside job. You hold all the power and you can unlock it. And you can be amazingly, magically awesome and fulfilled and happy. Whitney, Monica, we can't fill those answers for you. We can't fill in the blanks. But you know what you want. You know what you need. Use your voice. Speak up. Start saying it. And also live it. Yes, this resonates with me so much because I always think of my work when I work with clients is more helping them reconnect with what they already know. And I think that it's scary for women to stop and actually ask themselves who they are outside of these roles they play that they've attached to, whether it be motherhood, whether it be their career mom. I bless everybody's journey. We need all of the moms. Yes. But it can be scary. So I think I would encourage women 
to even just reflect on that and open up to pieces of themselves that they've been perhaps neglecting out of just continuing upon this path of saying no to themselves. You know, it's the scariest part is number one, you're going to have to look in the mirror and face your own bullshit, excuse me. Number two, you might realize that the people around you aren't your people. And that's the scary part. And that's why it's easier not to look. And it's not because women aren't intrigued or fascinated by these women who are living authentically themselves and happy. Most of us are like, oh my God, I want some of that. How do I get some of that? Oh, it's going to be scary. I may have to go excavating. I may have to get rid of some things. It's easier if I just go through the motions. I call them my sleeping beauties. I've coined them. They're beautiful. They're smart. They're magical. They have it all inside of them. They're just sleeping. Very passively going through the motions, doing all the things, but inside, certainly not living. Yeah. And not feeling like they're thriving or lit up by themselves. And I love how you put that because I feel like so many people get attached to the version of their life that they're living. And it is scary to overhaul things and put yourself out and try something totally different. But the joy on the other side of that is what you have to hope for and at least try for. Yeah, I can't tell you so many times people are like, what's changed about you? What's happening with you? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what joy looks like. This is joy, people. This is me living my best self. And it all was in me. I had it in me all the whole time. I'm still married to the same wonderful husband. I'm still mom to my beautiful kids because I didn't have to choose this or that. That's another secret people forgot to tell you. You actually don't have to choose. We actually want to be a Johnny's little game. And also go kill it in the boardroom, some of us. Some of us actually are very happy being stay-at-home moms, like so content. So leave us alone because we're okay. This is our joy. Awesome. The point is you get to choose. Now, some things require flexibility, no doubt. You can't be at all and do all things great. You can go run a multi-million corporation and also be at every play. But with flexibility... Ladies, we're really dang smart and we really can't handle multitask just about anything and we can handle a lot. I'm pretty sure we can do both if we want to. Yes. I like opening up space for actually not such black and white rigid thinking and more being like, I want both. That's been a story of my life and a theme where I'm just like, I'm not going to give up until I can find both. How do you practice that daily when you feel like being pulled in so many different directions? Do you have a little trick? It's been a practice, I think, for me, it's part of why I started my own company when I had children that were 14 months apart. I've tried everything. I worked five days. I worked four days. I worked three days. I've taken intentional pauses. I freelanced. And now I've launched my own company that affords me the ability to have boundaries. And so one of the most empowering, very simple practices that I do It's just have my top three priorities of the day. And I don't separate my life and my business because I know they both are going to fuel each other. I might have a lot going on at work, but I will still put my workout on there as a top three because it's non-negotiable. And I know my business and my family are going to benefit from this. So that's off the cuff. I have lots of examples, but I think that that's a really simple one. I think sometimes we separate our work and our families too much and sometimes giving ourselves to just like think of the whole puzzle together and trust that when we take care of ourselves and keep ourselves at the top of that list, we're going to be better for our work and better for everybody we come into contact with. 
That's a domino effect. It's just life gets so much better and easier. So you said top three things, non-negotiable. One is working out. What are your other two things? Well, I was saying I just put my priorities, like three big things for the day. And this is what's going to happen every day, you know? And so it really shifts. It might be two family things and a business thing. But I definitely have my morning routine is non-negotiable. It's really important to me. I think when I open my eyes, I want to immediately pour into myself. And so I feel like the first thing I'm doing isn't giving away my energy or my power. And so mornings are very sacred to me because it's a time where I can predictably set myself up for the type of day and life I want to have. That's so important. And if your listeners just heeded your advice on that alone, it would change the trajectory of their day. It's amazing how it changes. Absolutely. Well, we are coming up on time. I would invite you to share as you were encouraging women to maybe reclaim their authenticity and and their voice and some of the pieces of themselves that they didn't even realize they were missing so much. Is there one actionable thing that they could try on their own that could be of service? Yes, it's connected, but it's two. Number one, I need you to go dig an old photo of yourself when you were eight or nine years old. And I want you to take some time by yourself, 30 minutes, really look at that picture and really, really close your eyes and think about that little girl. What made her happy? What brought her joy? What made her giggle? What made her laugh? Really consider who that little girl is. And I want you to write her a letter because you're not that little girl anymore. Of course, we're not. Life gets thrown our way. Life can be hard, people. I get it. Shit happens. But I need you to tell that little girl that it's okay that you forgive your life. Maybe or her dreams haven't come true yet. Make those connections from the little girl to who you are now. Check out the space in between. And is there anything you can change about that to go back to that authentic self? Because those moments as a little girl, those are the things that really brought you joy. So if you want to start discovering your joy, tap into her. She has all the answers for you. And you can lean into that to find joy immediately this day. But it also allows you to forgive everything that has passed and release her. Release all of the shame if there was shame. Release all the pain if there was pain, because for some looking back is hard. But also if none of that has happened and you just haven't fulfilled some of her dreams, there is still time. It's not too late. Our moment is now, ladies. You got to get with it. It's your turn. I will also add, as mamas, I think it's really important that we capture right now in journal what brings our children joy. Because guess what? Life will come at them too. And they're going to forget who they were at their age. But you know what, moms? We know. We remember. I mean, my son's turning 21 this weekend. But I still remember that curious kid who loved building Legos and loved to read. And I always saw the joy where he would get lost in books. So when he forgets, and he will, because he's not going to pre-med and doing all these crazy things in life, He's going to feel lost one day and I'm going to hand him that letter or that journal and be like, if you can't remember, I remember for you. Here you go. Here's my gift to you. I love this. I was literally thinking because my girls are 10 and 12 and, you know, even now their schedules have become a little bit more demanding on sports teams and it's been painful for me to watch them not have as much time to do some of the things that they just naturally gravitate to. So You've inspired me. I'm definitely going to maybe write them a little note and tuck it away in their files of Mm -hmm. what they've been into recently, just so one day if they're at a place of feeling stuck or uncertain, 
they've got that to reference. So thank you. It's a wonderful thing. And you're right. Do it now because it's before puberty. It's, this is joy. I mean, now their peers and sports and coaches are telling them who to be. But you know, you remember your girls at age four and five and six and seven when it's just joy. That's joy, isn't it? Yeah. I always end my episode with a reflection. So what's one question? And in this space of reclaiming joy and connection to ourselves that women could be asking themselves more? Such an easy one. What do you want? And what do you need to make that happen? And sometimes they're big ones. I hope they are because I say, why not shoot for the stars? But if they're little ones, whatever it is, lean into it. There are action steps to do it, but you must take inspired action. You must absolutely take action because wanting something, desiring something, writing it down is not enough. I don't believe in this manifestation. If I say it enough, it's just going to appear. No, it actually requires inspired action. But ladies, you're all smart enough. I know you can do this. I know you can figure out your wants and figure out some actions. I had to get there. Wonderful. I know my community is going to want to find you and learn more about your projects. So tell us where we can learn more and follow you. Thank you. I appreciate this. So a couple of places you can read all about me and all my messy life at togetherjoy.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at togetherjoy. Also my company with my partner, Melissa Halpin, we launched The Kindling Project, thekindlingproject.com. And it's a great space for women to show up. We're creating stages for women to really amplify their voices. We have an online private Facebook group, just women only, where we are all about uplifting and inspiring each other to our best lives. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. I thank you so much for the time. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.